I'm joined by yourself and Ryan. How are you doing, Greg? Very well, mate. How are you? That was fantastic until I decided to choke right in the middle of the intro there. <clears throat> Apologies for that. Ryan, how are you doing, mate? Take over for a second while I get water. I'm no bad, mate. Um, I've had a wee mishap as well. I was sitting chewing a sweetie and then all of a sudden you burst into, hello, welcome to Down the Slope. So the sweetie got spat out and half eaten, man. No good. Not got a fucking clue what happened there, boys. Aye, so... Hibs suffered their first defeat under Nick Montgomery on Saturday. Um, Ryan, you were at the game, unfortunately I couldn't attend, but I managed to watch it all. Um, and various breaks and whatnot. Um, I suppose initially, were you surprised to see such an aggressive lineup, or did you expect that, given we've not seen anything to suggest otherwise uh, under this manager? I was not surprised in the slightest. I think the way he spoke um, and the way that he's kind of displayed the way he wants his teams to play throughout his tenure, I, I don't think he's going to deviate too much from this um, this formation. I know it's been spoken a lot, a lot um, spoken about a lot in the aftermath of the result, but um, I think there's certain factors we can we can change to the formation and make it uh, different in certain ways, which we'll probably speak about later in the podcast. No, absolutely, Greg. Hibs made a decent start to the game. To be fair, you know, before before Rangers. Um... Four Rangers scored. It was a pretty balanced game. Paul Hanlon had, had a maybe it got over egged. How good a chance it was. Did you maybe maybe should have scored? Um, did you feel like we eased ourselves into the game well up up and up to a point? Or I, th- I thought we started well, but I, I don't know if that was maybe a, a nervousness from, from Rangers as well, new manager etc. An expecting crowd, but I actually thought that we started fairly well, and then we just sort of slowly but surely fell out the game and it just seemed to be one disaster after the other after that. Yeah, Ryan, what 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 was the sort of initial feelings in the away end? Were you quite comfortable in that opening spell before the goal or did, did you feel like maybe yeah, so coming for Rangers? No, not at all. We could we could kind of sense the tension coming from the Rangers fans. Every time there was maybe a, a misplaced pass or a poor first touch, they were you could kind of feel that there was almost a nervousness. Um, obviously, with being a new manager, it was kind of unknown for them. But um, again, the general feeling amongst the away end was one of comfort, and I felt like we were probably in a wee bit of control in the first 20, 25 minutes. Um, certainly in the first half, we had 52% possession, so we did have a lion's share of the ball. I just don't think we used it as well as we have done in previous games. But up until the two individual errors, we seemed to be you know, comfortable and in control of the game and able to dictate the pace, and it suited us. Yeah, obviously the first the first goal, Ryan, it comes from nothing, really. You know, mm-hmm. like it's a mm-hmm. we sort of resort to going a bit longer and the ball breaks about in the middle of the park and Lewis Miller gets done for speed. I know that Harry was <clears throat> ranting on about Jordan Obita in the group chat, but um I think it was Lewis Miller that sort of got done on the outside and uh, to be fair it was a it was a good finish. Um a good finish. Who who scored? Seema. It was a good finish. Seema, I think. Do you think Miller should have been doing better there? And is it a goal that's ultimately avoidable uh, from a Hibs point of view? 
you know, when it happened at the time, you know where you sit in that corner, it's almost hard to read the angles sometimes and see kind of who's at fault. And um, Without knowing who was at fault, it felt like a really poor goal to give away really cheap um, because we were in primary possession of the ball, we gave it away and it was almost as if we were cut open by one pass. So I always feel if it's one pass, it's more than avoidable. You know, if another defender's maybe covering or, or sitting a little bit deeper than the guy that's putting pressure on the ball. But it was a very disappointing goal to concede and having watched it back, it's quite surprising that Miller gets done for pace because I would say he probably is one of the more powerful runners in the team. But just very disappointing, almost felt like a sucker punch because like I say, we had the majority of the ball up until then. Yeah, Greg, at that point, I, I, I just think it was very poor. It's very naive defended, to be honest. Um, Ryan, I'll tell you, you just, you just, you just need to be doing more there, so much more. Just, just almost, just get yourself in the way, almost block the runner. But like, yeah. when you go, Ibrox, you sort of need to be steady for the first at least half hour and not concede and, and take it for there, but. Unfortunately, we couldn't do that, and I feel like that almost killed us. Mm -hmm. Like at one 0 you could almost see that we weren't really going to get back in it, which is which is frustrating and disappointing. But yeah, I was surprised there wasn't an attempt to even bring him down um, near the halfway line. Yeah. I mean, there was two or three defenders there, and I'm sure Rangers had a runner off the ball as well. So it wouldn't have been a last man sending off, but I was surprised to see him kind of get through without being fouled. But Greg's absolutely spot on. If you go half an hour at 0-0, their backs get up. They get on the players' back. The whole place gets kind of rattled. Um, so it was unfortunate that we couldn't even see it out to half time at 0-0 to then build upon something. Yeah, obviously that that, that goal comes just inside the 20-minute mark. And um, I, I saw it, Hibs definitely went into my, I don't know, right? I feel like we maybe went into a shell a little bit there for sort of mm -hmm. maybe five to ten minutes after that. And then, we probably got a little bit more of a foothold in the game and there was a lot of debate already started ultimately, I would say, before before the second goal went in, given how late it was in the half on, you know, group chats and online and all that. And I don't know what it would have been like in the stand that people probably were maybe hard done by to be behind. You know, Rangers hadn't really created anything. We, truthfully, we hadn't really created much anything either. The game was, I don't know, from my point of view, it felt like two teams that were trying to play on the counter attack. You know, both teams were probably quite quite sloppy yeah. on, on the ball like did you did you feel aggrieved at that point or did you like I, I personally I felt like Rangers probably done enough to edge it at that point they they probably done enough just to edge it in terms of chances created but both the goals come from individual not individual errors but errors that we could have avoided and the second one certainly comes from an individual error whether you put the blame on Joe Newell or David Marshall there has to be a bit of finger pointing somewhere and I, I know we don't tend to do that um on this podcast too much but I think David Marshall has to do better there he, he's whether he's unsighted he still has a clean 10 yards after that to see it when it comes through the the ruck of players he goes down like a stair carpet honestly he goes down so slow and, and I think we've seen whenever he's had um I a save to make where he kind of has to move his feet quickly um he's just not very good at that and I wonder if that's just another kind of deficiency to his game that we're now starting to see, which obviously comes with age. But in terms of feeling aggrieved, I suppose it's easy to say that because we didn't do an awful lot wrong out with the two mistakes and we got punished for them. But I think when you play against an opposition like Rangers that are at the top end of the league, you will get punished for your mistakes. Yeah. Greg, I suppose we'll just come straight on to that second goal there because there's not... The truth be told... Yeah. <laughs> 
nothing really happened between the goals and it felt like the first half was just sort of petering out and um, John Rule should be I know it's probably not what we're trying to do at all under Nick Montgomery but oh. you know, a little bit of maybe game awareness just just clear your lines oh. I would suggest that yeah. I'll get, just make Good sure game. you have time and Game management, clear your lines, <coughs> regroup at half time. It's silly, but but then the goalie's got to be doing better as well. So I'm not gonna stick the blame fully on Joe Neal. Should be doing better, absolutely, but it's not a fumble, that's for sure. Yeah, that um, was, I was gonna he, ask he, that. He's just not been strong enough. I don't um I don't haven't seen it back. It was on the opposite side of the pitch to where the away fans sit, obviously. Um and, and when you're there, everything probably looks a bit different. So Plus, you've got a, a crowd of 500 people around about you that are all shouting for a fill. So we, we obviously felt aggrieved at the time. But having looked back, it's really soft. Um, there is argument that he, he filled in the first place to win the ball back. So um, I suppose they kind of both cancel each other out. It's not a fill either way for both of them. Um, but your goalkeeper's in there to save shots, especially from that distance. It's not a thunderbolt. It's not a screamer. It, it, he just needs to get down quick. He needs to move his feet and get over the goal quicker. Um it's just disappointing. The very disappointing goal to concede. Yeah, Greg, obviously to come in over you there, but just on then on the second part of it there with Marshall, is there any part of you that has any sympathy for that or do, do you think it rests on him? No, no sympathy. Um, I don't want to slate the guy too much, but I think he needs to be honest about where he's at at the moment. Um, he does seem a, a lot slower. Look, he made a great save against St. Johnson at home, absolutely, but I don't think he seems a lot slower in general. Um, the fourth goal as well, you know, it's another one of them where he's almost, he's just not quick enough to get in position and he's he's almost been a bit lazy, but I don't know, I think Wallacott playing 90 minutes today probably tells you its own story. But it's disappointing, you obviously want the guy to do well, but I think, I think he probably needs to be honest with himself as well for, I'd almost accept that maybe 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 the pace and, and the and the decision making just isn't there anymore. Yeah, he's or not at the been, level it was. He's also been substituted off a few times this season as well. I think maybe three or four games um he's subbed off for various issues. So yeah, look oh, Father Time catches up on all of us and you know we did we did sign a goalkeeper in the summer who appears to be uh fit now as as you touched on there, Greg. Um Jojo Wallacott played 90 minutes today in a bounce game down at Sunderland where it's pretty much all the sort of players on the edge of the first team and a few youngsters played against Sunderland's <laughs> under-21 team and and, and, and won 3-0 um, and got some good minutes in. As we will come on to the Celtic game and things that want to change and various questions and stuff, but on the goalkeeper, is that one change that you would want to see this for this weekend? Definitely. I would, I would absolutely change it. Um... I think it needs to be done sooner rather than later. I think it almost becomes a confidence issue as well where, you know, David Marshall rides a stats man. He's got the lowest save percentage in the league, so that tells its own story as well. And I think that Wallacott, whenever I've seen him, we obviously see him in Blackpool, right? but I think he looks mm. a very, very good goalkeeper. So I absolutely think the change needs to be made. I think... I just maybe need to freshen things up across the pitch, to be honest. 
it's a difficult one, eh? Because obviously, Ryan, like you say, he's, he's the he's faced the most shot. He, sorry, his save percentage is the worst, but in the league, but Hibs are. I, I'm not sure if we have faced the most shots, but I seen something today. Patrick McParland tweeted out on the uh, that the guy he works with with the Hibs Observer. I think Hibs have faced 45 shots in the last two games now. I suppose there's no argument there to say that at least he, David Marshall's getting plenty of plenty of action to at least boost his yeah. as well. And you know, it's not one of them where he, oh, he's not having to do anything all games, and then so maybe he's not he's not he's he's not up to speed with the game or anything. And would you be mm-hmm. on the other line to Greg to you know to maybe see a change there? Obviously, Wallacott made his um, you know, he did he did start a game fairly short notice and got injured himself. Um, mm-hmm. is, is that something you would like? Yeah, there's a couple of factors you've got to kind of take into account. You don't tend to pay a, f- a fee for a goalkeeper in this league unless you're bringing him in to start games. There's not many out with the old firm that would pay a fee for a goalkeeper sitting on the bench. Yeah. Um, even with Hearts, they got uh, Xander Carter and a free transfer uh, as an example. So I don't think Brian McDermott's identified a target and paid a fee if, if there was no intention on kind of bringing him into the, sh- into the, the first team. Um, he's a Ghanaian international as well, so he's obviously of a decent quality. However, mm. from a Hibs point of view, we do have a small sample size. But I do think we have seen uh, quite a quite a decline in David Marshall over the last 10, 12 months. So for the benefit of the team, I think, as Greg says, it's probably better to be done sooner rather than later. Yeah. So if it's this weekend, then so be it. I'd be happy enough with that. And I would back... If Marshall plays, I back him. If it's Wallacott, I back him. Of course. So... Let's just go back to the game. Um, it's not to say the game's over at 2-0, not by any stretch of the imagination, but given the circumstances away to Rangers, new manager's first game, I never felt... I don't know. I never felt like Hibs would come out in the second half and, you know, I didn't think we'd see what we've seen at Tynecastle for our um, You know, it felt like the writing was sort of on the wall that, you know, if anyone was going to kick on, it would be Rangers again in the second half. Um were you surprised that we didn't see any obvious change at the start of the second half? Or, uh, I, do you know what? I think our two wide our two wide players were really ineffective in the first half. But given what had happened at Tynecastle, obviously with you and being very poor, but still scoring the two goals to get us a, a point away at Tynecastle, I, I wasn't surprised to see him stay on the pitch. But it's probably an area that we'd have looked at to try and affect the game in a different manner. Yeah, I think. Uh... I think I think Rangers probably got off quite lightly on Saturday. Uh, in our wide areas, I feel like we just did not do anywhere near enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't affect the game or impact the game in, in ways that we know that we can out by. We, we just sort of let them go scot free, which was disappointing. That's probably one of the, our strongest areas of the pitch. So, yeah, yep. if that's and... not performing, I, I, and to be honest, coupled with the uh, players having off days, quite a few you can maybe carry one or two, but you can't carry that many. Uh, it did feel like the right was on the wall at half time and then the, the second half. Yeah. Probably just to add, worse, obviously, to be honest. It did get it did get worse, obviously. Just to add to the wide areas, uh, Barisic went off quite early on as well. So it was their second choice left back that was playing. And uh, I kind of highlighted their full back areas as being an area that we could get in behind um, pre game. I think on last week's pod, that was an area of the pitch that we could go and kind of get something from the, from yeah. the game. So it was, it was really disappointing to see that we didn't go at the, the left-back that came on or we didn't test a, a Travenier being caught up the pitch or we just we were vacant in those areas. 
Again, we'll come. In fact, I'll keep this for a bit later on. So, but we've had a question coming on Twitter, um, sort of more relating to maybe a little bit more of the game, and it's from Luke Cunningham. Does Montgomery need to have a better plan B that can can be implemented? Um, we sort of rigidly stuck to four four two throughout. Um, would you like to see something a little bit different mid game night? Uh, do you know? I was happy to see him start four four two. We say we want to go and take some from these games. So we have to set up in a manner which allows us to do that. However, when you're 2-0 down at half-time, then maybe it is a thought process where let's try and get an extra body in the midfield or let's take Elie Uan off and put a beat up at, at left midfield and bring Stevenson on just to shore up that left-hand side. Or those little situational changes that you can make, there probably is ways that we could have affected the game by, by making a few structural changes, I, I would say so, yeah. Greg, what do you think a plan B could look like? You know, we, when the makeup of this team that... that... You know, we're not necessarily saying formation wise or anything, but you know, with the team that started there at the weekend, like what what changes in game at least would you would you think we could have made to try and expose Rangers a bit more than we did? I don't know. I mean, you can almost drop the Fondra back a little bit, have an extra a man in there, uh, try and lick the play with a striker. But I don't know. I, I feel like no matter what we tried on Saturday, it wasn't going to work just purely because we were that far off it. In, in all areas of the game, so I, I don't think anything would have worked. To be honest, yeah. um, I, I'm not. I'm not annoyed that he continued with four four two. I think you're two 0 down. Chances are it's going to be difficult to get back in the game. Like might not have worked, but you've you've given yourself a chance to try and go make it work. So uh, it's, it's a difficult one, but I just I just I really don't think changing the formation would have made a huge difference. I think. Too many players had an off day, as I say. It just was a struggle, it seemed. Like I think, can, um... I, can I just jump in there, you? And sorry, it's just whilst we're kind of talking about the setup information, as a club and as a fan base, we've kind of been screaming out for an identity for quite a while. And, and the first sign of any any failure, remember, this is his first yeah. defeat and the first game that we failed to score a goal, and he's been in a job six weeks. If we go away from his principles, we therefore kind of are not working towards that identity. So we kind of need to pick a lane as to what we want. Do we want an identity or do we want a Lee Johnson type that changes formation to suit the game? You know, we need to kind of stamp our own authority in these games. I know it's Ibrox and it's tough. Start the game yeah. with your principles and then situationally you can change it from there. Yeah, well, and see for me, sorry, and see, see for me, like people go on about, oh, you know, he, he gives a chance. He did continuity in the game, but all of a sudden, oh, that's not going to work. To be fair, you've got to play the second hardest venue in the league, and it's not worked. It doesn't mean it's not going to work. Like everyone's been rattling and raving for weeks about the football, but because we went to Ibrox and it didn't work, players had an off day. All of a sudden, it's like this isn't going to work. Full stop. I think people, I get it because you can be reactive in these situations. You. Chuck your toys firmly at the pram on Saturday. Yeah, no, so that was I was I was just about to come up. But for what I we can talk. I don't think we need to spend too much time in the second half. I think Rangers were more than worthy of their win. And had, look, to be honest, it could have been more. Than four. Mm -hmm. That's 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 the harsh reality of the second half, in my opinion. That it really could have been more. Um, Probably flatters him a little bit. And um, but yeah, no, I I definitely initially I was really quite pissed off on Saturday, but. 
Oh, also, Ryan, uh, we didn't score against Dundee. That's been highlighted in the YouTube. Channel. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was, <laughs> I was on holiday for that game, so it doesn't count. It doesn't. <laughs> but um, no, I, I, I was torn, right? And this all brings on nicely to sort of transition here. That was the manager naive, or was he like, what, like, or was it the right thing to do? Because does this set us up? You know, if we just stick rigidly to how he wants to play, regardless of opponent. In six months' time to a year's time, is that better for us? And we can go potentially to an Ibrox or Celtic Park or whatever and play in this way and stand more of a chance than the more traditional, if you like, going to these places and sort of shutting up shop. And it made me think about Neil Lennon. Neil Lennon's Hibs teams, especially in that first season back up, um, played quite an expansive brand of football. However, when we went to Tynecastle, he changed it entirely. And we sat behind the ball. We played five across the midfield. We played one up front. And ultimately, in games at Tynecastle, I'd suggest that Neil Lennon really underperformed Greg and sort of culminated with the game in the split that sort of cost us a chance of finishing yep. second. So do you think it was right that Nick Montgomery went the way he did? And... Is it right that maybe we continue to do that this weekend and beyond, regardless of opponent? Absolutely. He's, he's got, he's been successful with it. Who, who agree to, to sort of denounce his, his tactics straight away after one defeat? People will do it, but I, I just don't think that it's fair. You know, the players are poised to learn the system. Uh, they'll still be getting used to it. So I, I just don't think there's any merit in it. be like, oh, Let's let's start panicking and, and change everything. Let's go to five at the back and, and be compact, be tight. Just say, let let the man let the man do his job and, and do it. He, he's clearly been successful with four four two. So I the fans have been this... raving about it for weeks. So you, you need you need to allow him that time. You're going to make mistakes. He needs to learn. He will learn. The players make mistakes. They'll learn as well. So you, you just need to trust the process. There are a lot of panic merchants, so and and that's that's the thing. Like people panic straight away as soon as there's one bad defeat. But you need to take into consideration that Rangers have got a new manager. The new manager bounced at home. They want to impress their fans. They scored four point flattered us, but they just need to move on. Like yeah. it's done. Let's move on and, and focus on Celtic at home, which is. Not going to get any easier. Yeah, so let's. I'll just quickly uh, recap what we've got in the YouTube comments there, and then we'll move into some questions that we've had in via Instagram and Twitter and whatnot, sort of pre. Uh, so, Hibs, as it always annoys Harry, just Hibs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Miller really struggled, really sloppy goals to, to, to give away um, against anyone, never mind Rangers. LG, uh, I, I, I always say, is it LG and Cow, or, or is it? Is, I'm not sure. Um, but he says even then it was him that highlighted your error there Ryan with the Dundee game and Donny Bradley cheers he's really done me a favour lad <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's too, too big a golf now you'll get a result 1 in 10 move on to the next game and basically just focus on beating other teams in the league uh, and then also Elgin Cow said we were 2-0 down at Pencastle and didn't change our shape um, and obviously got back into the game there yeah, so yeah. that's a very valid point and Hibs yeah. also Jago's first bad game in a while and I'm going to be the first one to say it here I think it would be harsh to really criticise Jago any more than, than anyone else on that on the pitch you know I actually think he was he was one of our better players in the first half I think he, he done okay in the first half 
to give him a little bit of credit there. Um, I, I think he was constantly showing for the ball and, and trying to make things work, but uh, his options, were they looked limited when he was on the ball from where we were, um, as in the wide players were almost hiding a little bit. Uh, I just want to touch on the, the Miller one. I think he was extremely exposed um, without really having somebody in front of him work hard enough to kind of help him out. So, see before we move on to the before we move on to the Celtic game, there's been a lot of questions come in, and they've all really centered around what we spoke about there. But do we need to rethink the way that we're approaching against the larger teams? Um, so Mick DTI, he's saying like, could we be playing Levitt or JDH when fitting beside the two that were in there at the weekend? And you know, obviously Josh Campbell has proved probably in games um of this stature before that he that he's capable of doing a job in their games. Um, albeit it's probably struggled for form a little bit this season, but you know when when he first broke into the team under Sean Maloney, his best games were probably against the old firm and Hearts in terms mm-hmm. of he was bringing in the middle of the park. Would is there anything Ryan that you would think that would be better long term in these games that we changed or would? I can I can I can automatically give you a solution that makes it really rigid and really defensive, and it gives you two banks of four, but. Is that what we want to see if we want to try and take points? Or if I give you this kind of solution, that this will just be a defensive, let's keep it tight. So you play a, and this is just by personnel changes, you play a beat at left midfield, you play Campbell at right midfield, and you play Lafondra off the striker. Automatically that turns into a defensive structure. Purely based off personnel. You play the same shape. You play one of Boyle or Yuan up front for their pace, and then straight away you've got a whole different outlook on your team still playing the 4-4-2 because I don't think we're going to change our numbers the way that we set up. Mm-hmm. But you can kind of see how that gives you a different picture already. Of course, yeah. So, I, I'm, again, I'm going to just quickly list through everyone who's sent in really similar questions all around 4-2-4, 4-4-2, being more streetwise, being more solid. So, JK1976, Jeff Ashton, um, Dave Graham. But Dave's is a little bit more uh, specific to the Celtic game, so we'll, we will cover that mm-hmm. after this. Um, Charlie's asked about the Celtic game as well, but yeah, loads of people about four four two and whatnot. Is there a point, Greg, as well, to ultimately say that we are simply not good enough defensively, regardless of formation, regardless of setup? We are giving away stupid chances, uh, a stupid amount of opportunity on our goal that the structure probably doesn't necessarily prevent that because maybe the just simply the personnel we have currently isn't there to do it. But also, if, if that area is, is so weak, then try and play at your strengths, which is playing on the front foot. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, you could chuck the many bodies at the back you want, but we've let up so many silly chances. That, that's the more chances you let up, the more the more you chances you're, you're going to concede. It's like yeah. it's, it's simple maths. Like I, I just. We're not we're not going to keep that many clean sheets. Let's be honest. Yeah. So why would we set up in a defensive way to almost stop ourselves from scoring goals? The defense is going to concede. That's fine, but you also need to give yourself a chance to go win the game by scoring goals. It's risk and reward, mate. Like I know what I go to Easter Road on Saturday and watch two bags of five. Like that's utter guff. Like we watched that. We see the, the first half of the game. The split against Celtic. That's exactly what we watched. And then she were a bit more inventive and a bit more creative. Yeah. We hurt them. So why why would you stop yourself from creating just to try and stop yourself conceding? You're always going to concede. 
you may as well go and try to score as well. Mm-hmm. There's been That's a good reward, baby. Uh, yeah, I, no, I agree. And <laughs> do you think uh, Lee Johnson's actually left us with a squad that can actually deliver on what he said at his very first press conference? We'll, we'll win some games four and five, but we'll take some. Uh-huh. <laughs> he just wasn't the manager to be able to actually put a team. You know what? Listen, Greg's absolutely right. We could have set up with six defenders at the back and still got beat. Like it doesn't. It's just one of those venues. It's one of those teams. They might find a way around you and a way to put three or four past you, regardless of your shape. And I don't really want to talk about it, but a lot of it comes down to the golf and finances and the quality of player. You know, at the end of the day, we have to realise where they're at. So yeah. we can't be too critical. No. We should be doing better. Absolutely. Yeah. But especially when it comes to individual errors. Well, that's it. You look at... There's... Again, on Saturday night, I wasn't best impressed and I was talking about shape and style and that in terms of... And these games, and that's... By the way, I've been just as happy as anyone else with the sort of... In general, the way that we've played under Montgomery. I think I do have a few concerns still. I think, I think we're yet to see... A command in ninety minute performance uh, in any mm-hmm. in any of the games, but results have been pretty well. And when we've clicked, we have looked a real good a real good football team. But the first two goals are absolutely nothing to do with shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know mm-hmm. like, uh, the alternate option maybe would have been to start Dodge and try and hit Dodge instead of trying to play through the thirds. But again, like I don't think the shape had anything to do with Joe Newell forgetting how to pass a ball <laughs> at the weekend, you know, like the amount and that's not like, like just the amount of times that Joe Neal tried to sort of feed the forward players and just hit the Rangers player was well, nothing short, just incredibly frustrating. And I think again, to bring it onto the weekend's game, if 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 we if we play the way we do, regardless if we play the way we did on Saturday, regardless of shape, formation, players, we will take another tank. You know, like individually, mm-hmm. player to player has to be better, you know, like the, the the two goals in the second half are the same, like Obita and the one where Obita and Fish, I think, if it's the fourth goal, maybe. Mm-hmm. Both of them, like, neither of them go to the ball, they both go to the other man. Like, it's, it's just it's just a mess. It's just a total mess. Um, any further thoughts on that Rangers game before we move on for the periods? Probably better put in the past, yeah, I think, I Greg. <laughs> had enough for that one. Super, right. So, oh, no, wait, sorry, I do I do want to say one more thing. Every time I go there, I say it's my last visit. This probably will be my last visit. See, getting stuck in the ground at 81 minutes and refused to leave and then being refused to go to the toilet because I've just asked to leave is a disgrace from Police Scotland. They wouldn't let me go to the toilet because I'd just asked to leave. So they thought I was going to somehow break through the other fucking chain of police that were at the door. <laughs> I mean, it's a basic human right to be allowed to go to the toilet. It's a disgrace being held in. Two barriers, walked all the way to the car park. What, What's all this in place for? Like, why why is that in place if we're getting held in the ground anyway? Disgrace. Yeah, I mean... Uh, You're that uh, good that you uh, can scalp 50,000 in one go, aye? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I oh, felt yeah, that was sad, like. Look at the nice little sort of... Slick, the wee slick comb over he's got going on tonight and the wee, the wee track he looks like something for the creep fans out of him so maybe uh, what can I say mate what can I say I'm just missing the cigar eh? but, shadow box of the night eh? shadow box of my own shadow I, I, I'm really just sick of the treatment that we get sick of the treatment and, and also I want to highlight this it's just popped into my head I have fan got spat on after Rangers scored their first goal he reacted as any normal human would and he got ejected 
he was the one that got spat on and he was the one that got removed. Yeah. Disgrace. Um, I was actually going to ask if they still uh, spit and chuck aye. coins and, uh, yep. and chuck pies. Uh, I think one game they actually went and pissed and cups them to them as well. Animals, aye. animals. If you Listen, Police Scotland need to be more clever. There needs to be a net or something up there protecting you because there's young kids that are in that section. Aye, it's, it, look, this is something that's been going on for... Oh, well, Ever. a long time. A long time before, before I was even born. Like I've, my mum spoke about similar experiences, and I brought spend away end was still behind the goals, and you got moved to the corner because they would start chuck stuff at you for the for above and whatnot. And it just um, you know, <laughs> regardless of what some other podcast might think, I don't I don't think it's a particularly enjoyable. Uh, Experience going to Ibrox. Look, it's a great, it's a great experience if if you win, obviously. But even with the football, the the ultimately being an away fan at Ibrox is a, it's a pain in the arse. You know, if you drag, it's just not enjoyable. It's just not enjoyable. You know, you go to away games with a wee bit of enjoyment for a day out and stuff like that. I wouldn't say I dread going there, but I just know, completely out with the football, it's going to be a completely unenjoyable experience. Like there's nothing nice about it. Yeah. The treatment. I go to the football to watch the football. I'm no interested in shouting abuse at other fans and all that kind of thing. But that's all they're interested in. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, look, but I mentioned in our podcast. Then I don't want a um. Oh, obviously, I'm sure everyone that's listening has seen the video that's sort of been going around from the Ramble Boys last week. And uh, it's I don't think Dave Graham seen it though. <laughs> look, it's a, it's look, it's unfortunate, and obviously it has been edited. But hey, whatever you said, what we said. But we've had a few. We, we can't ignore it because we have had a couple of questions in that I would suggest that are, uh, are in line with it. So, um, Charlie, um, Charlie Banks has asked us uh, thoughts on the toe tappers at Ibrox. What did you enjoy them on Saturday? I know. You brought up in an Irish Irish Catholic family, not particularly. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I actually, toe tappers is like, do they, do they just watch Rangers fans at Easter Road? I tap, <laughs> tap their feet, sing along, eh? Um, Mentally. Uh, Wild, but... We all know the, the Hibs Rambo's favourite songs, so we're down the slope like to add anything to the playlist. Uh, no, 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 we're, we're okay, thanks. Um, uh, I know, get out your black and tans, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Leon's asked Rangers or Celtic and Tina Turner or the Wolf Tones but look um, we, I think from our podcast with Jake Doyle Hayes and, and Joe Doyle's comments about Jake Doyle Hayes and stuff um, if you've listened to the podcast for long enough you know where we land on all that sort of stuff yeah. um, and speaking of Rangers or Celtic we, we, we play Celtic on Saturday Ryan um, yeah Dave's asked us, what would you do tactically versus Celtic to change the expected outcome? Don't mention formation. So what? what's a few things that you you think Hibs need to do differently? You've mentioned a change in goalkeeper. Um, what, what else would you like to see tactically? Listen, there's basic things that we've all been seeing for probably two, three years now, obviously, defending our wide areas. We're so susceptible to crosses and uh, corners and set pieces. We seem to be very weak in the air. I don't know how there's a way to improve that overnight. But I, in these big games where you're going to get a lot of pressure, I don't know if you can play you and Boyle on the same team because I just don't think they work hard enough to protect both their fullbacks. So it may be a case of having to leave one or the other out in place of a Campbell or an Abita playing in those wider areas to work harder. Um, and I think we struggle to progress the ball from receiving it from the goalkeeper. So 
When Jago made himself available and he got on the ball, I don't know if he's got the technical ability to find those more intricate, harder passes. Whereas when Levitt came on, he looked more than capable of finding players in areas that maybe Jago wouldn't be able to. So I'd have absolutely no issue with, with Levitt playing in that position. I have no worries about him defensively. He showed in the Lazerne game, he's more than capable of getting stuck in. So for me, that's two two little things that I would maybe change. Uh, other than that, I'm not 100% sure. So for me, Greg, I'll, I'll let you come in as well. For me, I, I, there's a few things maybe more specific to Celtic. And look, I, I'm still not 100% sure if I would, I know Dave says, didn't mention formations and stuff, but I don't know if we, I don't know if we should or should. I'm still really torn on whether we should stick with our guns or sort of horses for courses, depending on the opponent. But for me, I think a few things that Cal McGregor generally makes Celtic tick. Um, Rio Hitati, I don't think, is really got fully going this season for Celtic as of yet. I don't think he's looked fantastic. I know he didn't start the season either in terms of in the starting eleven. But I think Callum McGregor makes Celtic tick. And I think I think Hibs need someone that can do a job there. Be that a striker dropping in and, and sort of ultimately man potentially even sort of man marking them or whether that's someone that comes in and plays in the midfield like a Dylan Levitt or someone. That for me would be a real obvious one. And then I would expect Celtic to have a lot of the ball and for me where, where do you expose that? It, it, it's down the side. You get the ball in behind them quickly. I would like to see Superman yeah. and Bottom line up on their more traditional yeah. side so that they're not playing more narrow. I want them to be as wide as possible. And ultimately get the ball to them as quick as possible. <laughs> that, that's yeah. my three things, Dave, all right? Uh-huh. Now, if Greg, if you've got anything, you're throwing good luck. I, uh, I probably wouldn't change that much, to be honest. I'd maybe have LaFondra slightly deeper, try to link the play, because he is very good at linking the play, but... Like it's individual performances really and I, I, I don't really think Martin Boyle's hit the heights this season if I'm honest yep that's uh, right. I, th- I think there's context uh, uh, to that maybe a bit though I think there's maybe just a little bit of, I know he's not been good enough he, he did play two field 90 I don't know if it was field 90 minutes he played twice for Australia I know he didn't travel yeah. and, and, and players don't always come back 100% from an ACL so I think there needs to be a bigger sample oh, size absolutely. for that but so, sorry to interrupt you no, there's nothing. There's context of it, but and obviously, Ellie, you and we know he can be frustrated, but when he's on it, he's he's absolutely incredible. Um, but honestly, I honestly wouldn't change it. Vente up front, Lafondre just in behind, but other than that, I, I wouldn't change a whole lot. I think you need to be brave. You can't just hide. It's uh, when you play Celtic, you need to be brave and almost take the game to them. And cause if you sit in, they'll, they'll pick you off. If you're going to attack them, they'll probably do the same, but you need to give yourself a chance to, to do something in the game. So you need to go and try and take the game to them. I am, um, see, just mentioning Boyle as well. I, I agree, Greg. I don't think Martin Boyle has been, probably, truthfully, probably not been that close to, not really close at all to what his best is, but yeah. you're both correct. There is context there. But for me, <clears throat> playing him on the left hand side a lot, you can't get the best out of him because he's, reluctant to go to the byline because he wants mm-hmm. to get back on his right foot. Martin Boyle has never been a winger that's gonna you know, he's not he's not he's he's not really gonna dribble past you. He's gonna knock it and go. You know, like it's not he's not he's not gonna, you know, drop a shoulder and, and, and beat you that way. He uses his pace and he uses it effectively. For me, just line him up on the right hand side, you know, I think with Yuan being on the left, maybe he is then more <laughs> likely to frustrate because he's Wanting to take the man on, he's a <clears throat> boy, isn't he? You know, he? He wants to beat you with a skill and get on his right hand foot, his right hand side. But 
just 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 go a little bit more traditional in that sense of what we've seen from Martin Boyle because you know in these games you do need your big players to step up and and he he is still our biggest player. You know if if Martin Boyle ticks then Hib generally Hibs will tick, and then that's just it's, that's been probably the biggest frustration for me under Nick Montgomery. Like I know some people like the inverted wingers and stuff. It's not my cup of tea, especially with a winger like Boyle when he's he's not a tricky winger. It's just something that, that's really quite frustrated me, and especially in the games at Easter Road. Um, I felt it was the same against Dundee as well. But it's just yeah, just we'll 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 see how it goes. Any changes defensively? You know, like. Pretty much it feels like after every game under Nick Montgomery Ryan that everyone's mm-hmm. either went drop Rocky and bring in Hanlon, or then when Hanlon's played, it's been drop Hanlon and bring in Rocky. What, um, yeah. what, yeah. would, what would you do uh, to the back four, if anything? Listen, I think Hanlon had his poorest game for a while at the weekend there. But I don't think it does anybody any favours that are within that unit to chop and change every week. Um, Greg, big on continuity and balance. You absolutely yeah. need that. You need the left and the right foot. You need it. Although Rocky's been good um, to a point, he, he's physical and he's got a recovery pace. I think you, you just there's nothing that competes with balance uh, in terms of back four. You need a left foot and a right foot centre half. You need one that's capable in the end and one that's quite quick. I think Will Fish is fairly quick over the ground. I think their partnership worked last year. So for me, I would be keeping Hanlon in despite his poor performance at the weekend. So Dave's Dave's responded there to what we've said, simply saying players just need to get better at playing it. And that, and yeah, that, yeah, he's right. Yeah, Dave, that, Dave, as, right. as I said earlier, they'll they'll still be learning. So, so that's why I'm saying about you know kind of picking this lane and staying with the identity because we're six weeks in. Look, I, I know it's not an easy comparison to make, but it took Postecoglou a wee while to get his principles and his ideology in place you know they took a couple of beatings at first they weren't pumpings because they've got a good quality of player but you need to do things over and over and over again to become really good at them yeah the general consensus here Greg and, and sort of the YouTube comments mm-hmm. and stuff from LG and Cow, uh, Jason um, there's a few other people in their comment and saying that basically they would like us to go 4-5-1 and Jason said um, Levitt for LaFondra and Rocky for Hanlon Questions why Rocky was dropped. He thinks he's the better defender, um, and obviously the goalkeeper as well. What um, do you think? There's any substance in going to a total different setup? No, like I think just... people, people, it's just numbers. It's just numbers, isn't it? Like so, your shape will your shape will change fluidly throughout the game. When you're without the ball, it probably is a four-five-one. When you're with the ball, it'll be a two-four-four. Whatever it is, like this changes so much depending on the situation in a game. I think the biggest issue we've got is, as Greg says, nobody was at it at the weekend. There wasn't a single player at it. I think Whitaker was okay when he came on for a 16-year-old, and I think Jair was direct. And other than that, there was nobody at it. Yeah. So shape's irrelevant to a point. So we're saying... Well, they've had a stand for that without opening my mouth. Ah, sorry, <laughs> G- sorry, G- just, I'm sorry, sorry, Jair. Like, you did, sorry, say, mate, you did say no, and we are just very accustomed to one word. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so... I'm trying to get better at that, but... You have your say now, G. Uh, I lost my train of thought now. No, you can <laughs> no harder. Is there, any, is there any argument to change shape now? That's where we're at. So what, what... Uh, no, I don't think so. I think the only argument would be that you maybe almost want to damage limitation, but you need to trust the process. You need to implement it against no matter, no matter who you're playing. You need to implement his style. Uh, the players will learn. They'll get better at it. 
you need, you need to stick with it. You need to trust the process. You can't just chuck it. No, oh, we go a bit of pace at the weekend. Move on. We go again. You you, you can't just touch, start chucking uh, shape and tactics after after one bad performance and ultimately be let down by individuals. So uh, it's not anything purely to do with the shape. Yeah, so we're, t- we're talking obviously a lot about shape and, and tactics and stuff. There will be personnel. It's not often on this podcast that Hibs will take a defeat and we're no fucking screaming for the rooftops that things must change. Never mind the, a defeat uh, fortnight at Ibrox. But I think this has probably been fairly upbeat, actually, for, for uh, from us in terms of the, the context of it anyway. You you've mentioned the goalkeeper, um, Ryan. You know, like we've seen Dylan Levitt get some minutes in the last two games. You know, Christian Doidge has played more than played a part this season. Um, so you you've mentioned Josh Campbell and various other players throughout the podcast. What what you know, a Lewis Stevenson or a beater? What is is there any changes you'd make to the other other than the goalkeeper, of course, that you've already mentioned? Um, so I would probably go with the goalkeeper. Yeah, I would play Stevenson at left back. Um, I'd be inclined to bring Obita in for, for Boyle or Yuan, uh, and the one that doesn't play plays right up through the middle and Lafondra plays off him. Um, that way you've got pace and yeah. somebody that can link it and you've got a wee bit more defensive security down one side of the pitch at least. Okay, yeah. So Greg, Dines, as we keep on saying, there's no change to shape there, but um, perhaps controversial that Dylan Venti wouldn't have been Ryan's team there, Greg. What what would you be looking at? Very, very controversial. There's a, a, listen, it's a squad game now. so hard. No, I, I think that's very controversial, and he does, and he drops deep. Uh, no, I, I, I just I, think I you need him there because he will, he will move, he will show, he will drop deep to try and link it as well. So I think that is pretty controversial. You're right. Either. Listen, you're I, think, right. I actually think he's wrong. I'm going to go as far as saying Ryan's wrong. And you don't need to justify it, lads. No, 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 no. It's fair. It's fair. I just, I, I just think you need the best of both. So you need your quickest player up there if you're going to try and damage Celtic and you need somebody that can link it and if Venti can do that as well as Lafondra fair enough then we can play him that's kind of coming deep off the off the main striker I just uh, we need to have more defensive security in those wide areas because that is killing us yeah um, but hold on your solution for that is, is Josh Campbell played right midfield no oh he's got Jordan will be in front of Lewis Stevenson at left midfield and left back right. the other well, I'm just working with the, the cock up. I'm just pushing with the cock up. You know what I mean? He, he mentioned Josh Campbell at right, right, right midfield. I let it go, but I'm not letting it go anymore. <laughs> I, I, it's not his position. He, he's more of a. No, I know. We just don't have he's any more, more of defensive minded. We, 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 we sort of see that against the middle at home when he, he got bullied. Uh, I just. Yeah, you're right. I like you're him. Right. I think he has a good play. He's definitely got a, a part to play. He can score goals when he's in the box, but I, I feel like after we do defensive duty, it just doesn't. It's not his game, is it? So no, I just I, I know that he works really hard. Holes. He works. He works really hard. I know everybody should work hard, but he works harder than the current wide players we've got. If you were wanting to set up in a more defensive kind of way, but yeah, you could argue uh, that Josh Campbell's maybe a goal threat than the pair that we're current. Uh, I know, I know. But, um, look, yeah. we we spoke a lot there about shape and all that, and maybe how you nullify but how how do we how do Hibs win this game, Greg? You know we spoke there about sticking to our guns and stuff. So do you envisage if Hibs are going to win this game that it's going to be a goal fest? Yeah, you need to be brave. You're going you're going to let up chances, and if you if you want to go and try and win the game, it's going to be very difficult to keep a clean sheet and, and win the game against Celtic, especially with how good they are going forward. And 
look, they're solid defensively, but you, you, you just need to try and target the wide the wide areas. I think quite a weakness more so down down there, the the right side. Because Greg Taylor is a very good player, but yeah, look, it's tough. But you are going to need to let up let up certain things throughout the pitch, but. Just, just score goals, eh? Like, it's gonna, as simple as that. You, you just need to get at them. You can't spend time hiding your own half, passing it between the back four. You need to try to be brave and, and go forward with it. Well, I'm going to come with some facts. Brendan Rodgers has never won Easter Road, correct? Yeah. Liam Scales played twice at Easter Road last season and is currently a starting centre back for Celtic and got sent off on both occasions and on one occasion but fucking bullied by Josh O'Connor. So just target the fuck out of him and I think you'll be fine. You Dave, are you going to set him straight on skills? He was a shit, honest. I'm sorry, he's awkward shit. Just because he's Irish. He's no, it's nothing to do. I'm mate, being I, I, think he's, I think he's been very good this season, to be honest. Mate, you could play at centre-half for Celtic and look all right. I could have a good set of half. <laughs> <laughs> but no, right, dude, so... I, I honestly think he's, I think he's been good. Like, I'm going to be honest. I, I think Aberdeen, I, I think Aberdeen <clears throat> under, who was it? Glass. Good one. Shea. Good one. Good, good one, Shea. But see, see when Barry Robson came in, you could see him improving. <clears throat> and I, I, think he's t- I, I think he's good. Like, I think he's good. To be fair, I mean, he's had a good season. Well, I, think I think he has been probably he's been good for them um, but he's a weak like I'm sorry he is I know he got praise he got praise in the old firm game I think he even got man of the match in truth I don't think he, I, I'm not even saying I didn't think he had that great a game that game um, I think. he was covered in lag of Bielka as well he's definitely but, a weak link but, but to I, me, I, I feel like when you play alongside a quality player like Carter Vickers that, well, make, that almost makes you a better player because he, he's a very very good set of Right then, so basically I've tried to pinpoint a weak point in Celtic team and you've just went, nope, it's <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we can get Liam Scales. I think Hibs have got more than enough quality in the final third that you can get Liam Scales, that you can get a Greg Taylor. Greg Taylor's a, a really, really solid fullback, and But it's that side of the defence, they line up on the same side on the left-hand side. I think yeah. Hibs have got more than enough to target that area. I'm not, I, and I, I, I do, I think Greg Taylor's a, a really good defender at this level, but not someone that we can't get at. By, yeah. by any manner of means, I, 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 I think Celtic play Atletico Madrid during the week as well. So I don't know, <sighs> don't know yeah. what, what if any changes they'll make on Saturday. Um, and I, I just think there's, I think it's a decent time to play Celtic I, 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 after Atletico. I do think they're starting to motor a little bit. I thought they were good. At, I thought they were good against Hearts, but I didn't. It didn't look like they got a third gear though. Alright, that would be the worry. Yeah, I'd, I'd like I Aye. don't. I didn't actually. I watched the game and I thought it was just full of sloppy passing. Mm. Well, it really wasn't too dissimilar to the game that we played with Rangers on the Saturday. But I think that Lewis Palmer, he looks like a, a winger that of quality, but he's not lightning. And I think he lines up on the left hand side as well. So I think I worry we pace with our fullbacks more than I do with trickery. I think Miller can sort of handle himself one on one situations, but I think he can get caught out by pace, someone that can just ultimately burst past them as we've seen at the weekend. So Palma I thought struggled against fucking I think it was Tony Sibbick who was up against yesterday and you know I think anyone can have the <coughs> against him. So I th- I think we you can get it Celtic defensively and again maybe that even ties into why Hibs have even have one one last run 
at four four two. And if you know what, if you get scudded again, then that's that, that's how I change it. But tuck it in the bin. <laughs> nah, let, let, let us not change it. I was the biggest advocate for everything other than four four two. It's funny because you and you and for about a year, remember you were saying four four two gets our best players on the pitch. So listen, we've just got to wait and see how it works out. And we do have great quality in the final third. Our difficulty on Saturday was getting the ball to the final third. So we need to see an improvement there off the bat. Yeah, but I, I, I don't think this Celtic team are unbeatable. I still don't think. Well, Kelly beat them uh, kind of counter-attacking football, so they can be caught. They can be caught out at times, laps in concentration, whatever it may be. I, I, just, I just don't... I just think you can get them. They, they have conceded goals this season. I do, Like I say, I do, think, I do think they're getting better. Like I think that's been clear to see in the last few games. They beat Kelly comfortably. They beat, they beat Hearts comfortably there, but there's always a chance... There's always a chance. Um, and for that reason, I'm going to predict that Brendan Rodgers' misery in East, uh, Easter Road will continue and that Hibs are going to come away 3-2 winners on, on, on fest. Saturday um, with a late goal. I think, we, I, I think we're going to shoot to a 2-0 early doors, head start, go back to 2-2 and then we're going to score late on and my inspiration is actually Christian Doidge's interview with Longbangers. He spoke about how last minute winners should be the best thing in the world and he had loads of them in COVID and it was just like any other goal because there was nobody there. So I think Christian Doidge is going to get that moment of a last minute winner in a big game and Hibs are going to win the game three two. And that's my little fairy tale delusion moment over with. Ryan, what's your uh, what's your score prediction for the weekend? It's funny, it must be like a stipulation that whoever's hosting like tells the full story and I kinda Romanticised way. Yeah. Um, I'm going a basic bitch one 0 Hibs. Just one of those kind of scrappy affairs where we we score maybe midway through the second half and then just shut up shop. Keeper, Greg, he's got his keeper clean sheet. That's why you've got to score <laughs> three goals, bat. lad. He's obviously got too much brokey with his hair. It's water. There's no brokey in there. Look, I just owned it after last week's debacle. Aye. Lucky you survived the YouTube comments last weekend as far as that. Last weekend. Well, I didn't. Eh? I got text messages to Felix Ali and other <laughs> folk of, of that ilk. Of <laughs> Billy's. What about you, Greg? What what you got for the weekend there? 3 1. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. I, I thought you just love the false sense of security that the yeah, on a Monday gives you. We've just been scudded. We're playing the champions. So we've no. I guess we've not been for a while, but we beat them in the split, so why the fuck not? Just, mm. just continue it. Um, look, I think that will just about do us for this week. Um, you've got anything else you want to add? No, so, no. no. Not happy enough. Be, we will be back next week. Um, it'll be a very quick turnaround after the game because Hibs obviously play Ross County on the Tuesday night, so we'll have a very quick chance to preview that. And then after that, it's all buses leading to Hamden. Cheers. Bye.